That's what I do. I drink and I know things. The end is coming. The final season of Game of Thrones is here. And there is an entire shelf full of ales and spirits, inspired by the show, created by fans for other fans to enjoy. So here is a podcast of ice and fire, hastily thrown together by three guys who were looking for an excuse to drink at work. From different houses they have come, three men too lazy to take the black, but ready to dodge the wildfire every week and chat about the end of a legend. This is We Drink and We Know Things. Now, three guys who will definitely eat every fucking chicken in this room. You're gonna have to eat every fucking chicken in this room. Brad King, Zach Miller, and Tommy Lee. All right, welcome back once again to We Drink and We Know Things. Uh, we will be. Uh, discussing uh, episode, what was this? Episode four. Episode four, yes. Yeah. Season eight, Game of Thrones. The Last of the Starks, yes. it was called. And uh, much much like the show itself, uh, returning to its roots, uh, we are kind of returning to our roots after the last two weeks. We had uh, uh, scotch last week and then wine the week before. We are oh, back yeah. to beer. Back to beer. In fact, I need your opener because the, uh, the damn convenient pull tab conveniently ah. broke. So we finally we get to break in the uh, the hand of the king or queen uh, bottle opener. Yes, which is awfully nifty, and that is fitting for this beer because the beer is called Hand of the Queen, mm-hmm. and it's a beer for Tyrion. Yes, um, I think it's a Belgian style barley wine ale. All right. A beer for Tyrion, a full-bodied expression of a classic, rich and malty barley wine ale brewed for those who drink. And no things. Ah, beer for us. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. Especially considering this was a heavy drinking episode. Yeah, it was. There was lots of drinking going on in this episode. And it didn't always lead to good decisions. As, as. (laughs) Drunken hookups. Yeah. As heavy drinking uh, often uh, does lead to good and bad decisions. I reached screw it and just went through the plastic. There you go. Here's your Uh, opener. Passing my glass. Yep. Everybody's fat and reaching. Oh, wait, no, that's just me. <laughs> um, so as we're uh, uh, beginning to pour here, why don't we uh, start where we usually start? Uh, favorite moments. Zach? My, I think... Oh, we didn't introduce ourselves, did we? I'm Brad King. Oh, yeah. And I'm Tommy Lee. Zach Miller. And uh, we should say right up front, as is always implied on this uh, podcast... Spoilers. Spoilers. If you have not watched episode four yet, turn it off. Come back to us later and watch the episode before you listen to this podcast. And and if you haven't figured that out by now. <laughs> right. But you know, there's always somebody. Yeah, true. Uh, so, Zach, your your favorite moment. I, it, it, I, I struggled this episode to find a favorite moment yeah, because I think we all did. <laughs> you know, like it, it felt so much like a soap opera to me and it didn't feel like the 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 episode basically um my favorite moment and this is no pun intended i don't know if you guys have seen anything online about it but the coffee cup scene 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's yeah, my yeah. favorite moment, mainly because the, the scene itself, or the fact that somebody left a Starbucks cup uh, in, in, in the scene. In that scene, I I love that scene because John is getting a, a, a bunch of praise. He's interacting with people. He's mm. mingling amongst the crowd, much like a good politician does. Yes. Now, I'm not trying to get too political, but right. he's he's mingling with everybody, and yeah. and everybody is cheersing, and she's just kind of sitting off by herself. Looking really like, like sulking almost. And it's yeah. like you just won a huge battle, and you're like angry because he's favorable, more favorable than you mm-hmm. are. Type. Right. Yeah. You're you're on his turf, and it's starting to show. Yeah. Um. And then for some reason, there's a coffee cup there. There's all kinds of. There's been all kinds of chatter all day on social media about that Starbucks cup with the lid and right. everything and the collar. And I'm starting to wonder if it wasn't maybe product placement. Because <laughs> everybody is talking about it today. And it wasn't exactly hidden. Uh, yeah. After a long night, you could use a Starbucks. <laughs> right, That's you know. right. Um, my, are you done? I'm done, yes. My favorite scene. Are you done? <laughs> no, I just didn't want to cut him off since I'm good at that. Um, I, I don't know. I struggled with favorite scene. I got to say it was probably, and we'll get to it, but um, when Rhaegal was killed. Mm. Because I did mm-hmm. not see that coming. That was a genuine surprise. And in an episode full of not much of that at all, I enjoyed the fact that there yeah. was a genuine surprise when Dragon Number 2 got knocked out of the sky mm-hmm. with repeated spears. Yeah, with three? Yeah. I, I think he took one three. One through the neck and one shots. through the face. Yeah, and, uh, one, one, was, one on the belly. It was brutal, man. <laughs> what was yours? Um, my, my favorite moment um, was... Uh, uh, Tyrion and That's really good. Varys um, openly discussing treason, as yes. as Tyrion yeah. says. Um, you know, two two of of our favorite characters um, finally getting back to doing what they do best: plotting and scheming. Agreed, mm-hmm. and um, that's I I long overdue. Yeah, I, I get the sense just right off of the, that I enjoyed this episode more than you guys did. So it's kind of the reverse of last <laughs> week. Um, but uh, there, there, uh, much like last week, there is a lot of people that uh, did not like this episode. Yeah. I saw lots of negative reviews and comments online, um, and I don't, I, I don't think it was a great episode. Um, but I, I did enjoy the again the kind of the return to its roots, and yeah. you know we're getting as as much as I didn't like the way they dispatched of the Night King and that whole storyline last week. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate the fact that we're getting back to plotting and scheming and fighting over the throne, and and that's always been this show's strong suit. Yeah. That's yeah. clearly what the showrunners care most about. They they. Clearly, don't give a damn about the magical aspects <laughs> really of this show, which which makes me wonder why the, you know why they bothered with them yeah. to begin with. You know, the I mean, obviously, probably because you you can't leave them out. I, but still, but you, I mean, I, I I'm guessing that that may have been part of George R. R. Martin's yeah. deal. You know, if if you're going to adapt my show, then. You, know, yeah. you gotta. This is a, this is a huge part of the yeah, story. The line. mystical part of it's got to be. You know, involved. the White Walkers and and all that. But um, I don't know. I, I find that part interesting. That you know, they they clearly are <laughs> shedding the mystical uh, the ingredients of this show as quickly as they can now. Yeah, yeah. we're down to one dragon. 
the 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 White Walker stuff is gone. Brand seems like he has <laughs> nothing to do anymore. Now get ready for the Democratic National Convention because <laughs> yeah, it's all politics from here on out, baby. Yeah, that, you know that is, and there was and there was a lot of uh, and and we'll start running through you know scene by scene, but there was there was a lot of political yeah you know, which i like admittedly right. i i love the intrigue right. i love the court intrigue part of it i've always enjoyed the houses part of this right but I just wanted a little more out of this episode you know when when you in in the the scene that that i'm citing is my favorite when you have Varys. oh yeah flat out says and let's be honest john is a man so that yeah. makes it more yeah. palatable yeah. to, a, to true. The, the people in westeros mm-hmm. you know that's again not to turn this into a political podcast but obviously that's something we heard a lot of in 2016 we're hearing a lot of it now with you know with multiple women running for president yeah you hear well is she electable is she likable enough is yeah, she right. you know, all, all these these kind and of especially things. in a society that's way more misogynistic like westeros mm, you yeah. can imagine yeah. that that it would be much more palatable to have a king on the Iron Throne than a queen, mm-hmm. no matter what the last name is. Right, yeah. especially now that it's the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so yeah. we uh, we begun uh, this episode in Winterfell. Um, First of all, uh, no flipping of the tiles this time on the opening credits. Yes, I noticed that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the file, the, the, the tiles were not flipping. But did you notice when they went inside of Winterfell? Uh, you could see like. There was a Starbucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it was kind of in disarray. Yeah. And, and stuff that normally would move or flip over wasn't... Was broken. Oh, I missed that. I should watch that. That yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. So, they, so they're, still, they're still making adjustments every week in the intro. Yeah. Very true. So we begin uh, immediately in the aftermath of the Great War. Um, uh, all our remaining good guy characters are standing outside Winterfell with a massive, massive funeral pyre uh, waiting to be lit. And they sure stacked the dead nice and neat awfully fast, <laughs> considering how many corpses were yeah. littering the grounds around Winterfell yeah, and within were it. Dozens of of stacks of, yeah. of these tall uh, stacks. Yes, of, I, and I bet Edmure still couldn't hit one of them (laughs) (laughs) that's good Edmund Tully the worst aim in Westeros that was what was that season two season one season three season season three three. that was so epic yeah Uh, Uh, the blackfish uh, one of the, the most badass Entries into the series sticks yeah. a landing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you had each um, each character. Then each main character kind of had a little moment with with their yeah uh, associated dead character. Someone to say goodbye to. Right. Uh, you had Danny uh, going up and saying goodbye to Jorah. She finally kisses him on the forehead, uh, not on the lips. Um, and she waits until after he's dead yeah. before poor Jorah gets any, that. any lip contact from Danny whatsoever. <laughs> I thought it was reminiscent of the, the, the way it hit her. It reminded me of when she said goodbye to Khal Drogo. Yeah, it mm. really did. Uh, it just, she was, uh, she was very deeply wounded by his passing. And we, you know, we got a taste of that and when it happened in the battlefield, but it was blatantly obvious mm-hmm. when she was saying goodbye to him on the pyre. Yeah. And she and and she addressed it later in her conversation with John. She said, you know, he loved me. I in a way I could never love him. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. So so she acknowledged that. Um, Sansa had a moment with Tyr- uh, with with Theon. Mm-hmm. Um, she placed a little Stark pin on him, you know, symbolizing that he was always really a Stark. Yeah, member uh, of the family. Yeah. That's, that's cute, but like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, whatever. <laughs> We're over it. Yeah. Uh, John. We, we mourned him for about two or three seconds. Right. Uh, John kind of uh, glanced at uh, uh, Liana Mormont. Yeah, Liana Mormont. You know, was, she was always his biggest defender. Yeah. And, and then he gave kind of a rousing eulogy slash, uh, you know, this was kind of one last chance for him to, you know, to, to, Bring the people together, yeah. and uh, you know we we need to honor their memory and stay together. We came together. You know this is again going back to the politics thing. This is his campaign theme. This has yeah. always been his campaign theme. Is is we must unite together because together we're stronger than our great enemy who will kill us all. So this is kind of his last, yeah, you know, one last chance. march with me down to King's yeah. Landing. Yeah, to give give now. Let's speech. kick the tires and light the pyres. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so that yeah, then they they do that. Um, I, I I took note of the uh, the people that they gave torches to to actually light all the pyres. Grey Worm had one. Yeah, John, Danny, Arya, Sansa, Tormund, Samwell, uh, and Grey Worm. The heavy were, hitters were yeah were the uh, the main characters that were each given a, a torch to go and and light the pyres. Um, by the way, we didn't even uh, discuss yeah, the. If you want some more, oh, yeah. here's some in the bottle. Uh, this is not. Uh, this is not bad. No, this is quite good. This is a. This is a really good. This is a, what was it again? A barley wine this ale. This is a barley wine, and I've been holding on to this one. I'm trying to see if there's a date because this one has been sitting down in my cellar for at least over a year. Probably, mm. probably since they um, it aged well. Last did uh, the Game of Thrones the series the last um, season. Last season, season seven. So that would have been. I think so. Year yeah. and a half. Yeah, comes in at a ten seven. It probably aged a little bit in the um, bottle as well. So, yep. and I suspect hard. there will be no leftovers from this bottle. I think we're <laughs> going to kill this baby. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's got, and, uh, there's definitely uh, I, I can kind of taste you know the the barley. There's a little bit of barley aftertaste and it's, there, but it's not overpowering. Yeah. The whole thing is balanced, and I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. got a yeah. really balanced flavor. Yeah. Very mellow now. And while we're sitting here enjoying this beverage, they were having a beverage or 50 right. at Winterfell <laughs> as they enjoyed the smells of the burning bodies outside. <laughs> yes, Because that'll make you hungry for a feast, if and nothing else. It, it, it was funny like. because the hound made that exact remark right. um, to, to during the conversation. But, be, but before he did, I, I actually, that was one of my notes, is the smell. Yeah. Uh, because oh. you, you brought that up, Tommy, last, yeah, last, last week. week. The smell's um, going to be overpowering right and and as all these these bodies i think i said like inhaling a buick yeah (laughs) and you see and the smoke literally clouds the screen there's so much smoke from these dead bodies that's all i could think of is oh that must just smell awful it's no wonder they were all kind of like solemn you know it wasn't your traditional um feast we always right. see feasts and everybody's partying, drinking, having a good right. time. And it wasn't until later after yeah. there was like that initial. When enough hand yeah. of the queen was flowing. As yeah. It were. It, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. So then they, they go inside. They have the, the post funeral gathering that, uh, you know, the traditional gathering there. And, and it was uh, initially very awkward, um, yeah. especially yeah. at that head table with John and Daenerys and Sansa. You know, mm-hmm. it was very yeah. kind of icy there. Uh, Danny gets up and you know and she she gives a toast 
um, it, it, to Aria and and all, you know, and everyone's you know kind of getting in a rah rah mode. Yeah, Starbucks is in the house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Gendry has his little conversation with the Hound about looking for Aria. He gets up to try and leave, <laughs> yeah. and Danny calls him out. And at first, the Hound was kind of like the stepdad at that moment. It's like, yeah, we know what you're after. Just, right. just get up and go. <laughs> um, and then when when Danny calls Gentry out, you know, at first it's a little uneasy because yeah. it, you it feels like, and and you can everybody gets very tense. The room gets very quiet, mm-hmm. including Be- Jon Snow, right? Because you wonder, okay, does she now see him as a threat? Now that that it's mm. common knowledge, he's Robert Baratheon's son. Thus, giving him a claim to the throne as well, right. uh, and and so it gets really, really quiet, really but, tense. But she does what she does best, and that is win friends and influence people. Mm, she yeah. wins his loyalty by naming him not the bastard, but the official son of Baratheon, mm-hmm. and now he is the uh, well. What he's the head of the House of the Stags. He's uh, Lord Lord of Storms End. She that's what she I, yeah. Names. Lord Gendry yeah. ba- Baratheon of Storms End. I did yeah. write that down. Yeah, Lord of uh, Lord of Storms End, and um, she uh, uh, Tyrion points out that you know yeah, while this was a nice gesture, it was also a political move. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. and she seems very. Uh, very happy with herself. <laughs> I got an endorsement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's she's, one. Yeah, uh, she she's very pleased with herself. Um, but then shortly after that, we get to the the point that Zach you brought up of um, all all of these characters, you know, kind of singing John's praises yeah. and not so much hers. And one of the the really interesting things in that that um, I took note of is Tormund. He brings up John's resurrection, yeah, like it's nothing, like yeah. it's nothing. It, it just like it's a like got it's, himself murdered for it, <laughs> yeah, like it's common knowledge. That was and the big woman. That was <laughs> uh, you know that was such a thing that the last couple seasons John has been so Very, secretive about and yeah. didn't want anybody to say anything, and now it's just brought up in a drunken conversation and John just kind of laughs it off. Ah, well, I didn't have any choice in the matter. <laughs> yeah, Tormund is uh, Tormund is the first to officially really be off drunk off his bearded ass <laughs> in the course of the, of the evening. But I did, one of the things that I noticed around this time in the episode that I wrote down, there's a lingering look between Tyrion and Sansa across mm-hmm. the table mm-hmm. or along the, along the table at one point. And Tyrion, who uh, who later on you know, makes it clear that he hasn't been with a woman in two years, years or something yeah. like that, uh, he seems to have a couple of romantic, confusing moments throughout the whole season eight at this point, and that are really building. But that was that was some pretty healthy tension between he and Sansa again for the second episode in a row. Well, and now Third, I really, I oh yeah interpreted that because that look happened immediately after Tyrion compliments Danny on her political maneuvering of, oh, yeah, of that's naming true. so but this is just my my interpretation was Sansa going back to her point last episode of your loyalties will always be split you yeah because I, t- I took that as more of kind of an icy kind of glance you know mm-hmm. that she caught she caught him and Danny, you yeah, know, talking amongst amongst themselves, and and you know she was kind of kind of giving him a look like, mm-hmm, see, mm-hmm. you're there, you are with your dragon queen. Yeah, that's 
That's not a bad point. Yeah, I, that, that's just to me. That's how it came yeah. across. I like the um, I like the aspect, you know, where John's not trying to take credit for it. Yeah, he kind of he's like, no, 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 I wasn't the one who brought the dragons here. You know, it's it's Danny. You know, and he tries to give her the praises though as well. And I just I've I've been there. You know, mm-hmm. kind of when you're you you know that okay, yeah, you can take credit for it, but you also want to give the person who's also behind. Well, yeah, and, and she felt and, extremely out of the conversation, and she was yes. extremely out of the conversation. She, yeah, she was. She was very uneasy with all the praise that John was getting. And let's be frank: what credit should John get? What good did John do? <laughs> I, I, I mean, seriously, he brokered the army that was out there to be run over. Yeah, I mean, they're, again, they're. Their military he got the dragons plan, down there, but yeah, the military their, plan their was military weak. planning was terrible. Yeah. It was absolutely terrible. And by really the way, it doesn't get much better throughout the episode. No, it does not. Nope. Um, because after that, then um, we did we we had another one of my uh, favorite moments, and and something that I think we we had talked about early on of, of saying mm, you know this would be interesting if this happens. We finally get our official Hound Sansa reunion. Yes. We finally get a conversation mm-hmm. between the two of them, kind of addressing their past. I liked how the Hound brought up, uh, you know, that he had offered to take her with him yeah. when he bailed at the end of season two. Um, and then, you know, her response is... I have very strong feelings about this. Okay, yeah. So her her response to that was, if I... if It made if, me who I am. Right. Yeah. Right. My, my time with Ramsey and Littlefinger and the rest uh, made me who I am, I, and that allowed me to no longer be the little bird, which is what he always called her. Right. And, it, and he by, being the hound. By my way of thinking, the scene was well-meaning. It was trying to make a point, but it fell extremely flat And when it did so. These are two characters who have been through a lot. They should have had a much more meaningful conversation about it rather than just a quick bullet point conversation. You're broken. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And plus, this is a show that has had a problem and glorified sexual violence the whole time that it's been on the air over the course of eight seasons. And it just made one of the strongest characters on the show say in no uncertain terms that she is thankful for the horrible rapes and the mistreatment that yeah. she's had to endure. And this is the character of Sansa, who she and indeed the audience, what I wrote down was, deserve better than this. It's lazy writing, and frankly, it's an offensive response to a lot of violent trauma visited on a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I yeah. took from it. Wasn't how it was intended, but it was just like, why the hell did you go that route when you've already had this problem to begin with? Yeah, it just it pissed me off. Yeah. I agree. It didn't have to be. He he is a vulgar person, like the Hound, but it didn't have to be. I don't know, portrayed like yeah. that. And and she, I don't know. I I I'm agree with you because I I felt very uneasy and queasy after I saw that scene, and I'm like, the one thing I liked about the conversation where was where she said, um, "Oh, Ramsey paid for it. I got him back." Yeah, and and then he asked, "How'd you do?" And she said. Hounds, yeah, and he yeah. smiled. Yeah, that got, was the lone he got a single out of that. cool thing out of that scene for me. Yeah, it was. Um, it was I, awkward. You know, I I felt it. It they it, they were clearly trying to justify. Yeah, in particular, the Sansa Ramsey storyline, yeah. which mm. which I, I think has been 
you know, one of the most controversial storylines in the history of the show. I think it's it seems to be one of this, the most hated storylines uh, and one of the most hated directions that the show has gone. I remember when it happened, it was insane trying to watch it, and there were people diving off the show in droves. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. After yeah. that, yeah, so it, yeah. As, as we've discussed, season season five is just the most miserable season really of this of the history of the show. It yeah. is such a chore to get through. It's such an awful, uh, just it's just it's a terrible season. It yeah. is. It's not fun to watch at all. It's like you have to fly to Africa and you, first you have to get sixteen shots. <laughs> yeah, and you're all you're getting all of them today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have a seat. So it it felt like this was the showrunner's attempt at trying to justify that. Of, yeah. you know, well, look, but. Her, all this abuse made her stronger, it, but yeah, it yeah it, 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 it deserved was, more than forty five seconds while revelry was starting to break out around yeah. them. Right, it was, a, it was a clumsy attempt yeah. at best. Yes, at best, I agree. So, um, but I, going back to Danny feeling out of the conversation that's going on in the background, I also wrote the note that nobody but Varys really seemed to notice. The spider mm-hmm. was the only one, which is what he does. Mm-hmm. He was the only one who really noticed anything was amiss with her at all. And uh, we'll see what else is going on at this point. Uh, Tormund hooks up after he strikes out with uh, with Sir Brienne <laughs> one last time. Right. Um, her friend tries to hook up with the Hound, and he chases her off. Uh, and then we get to the drinking game between the brothers Lannister, Pod, and Sir Brienne. Yeah, which was a nice little throwback um, mm-hmm. because that was in season one. Uh, oh, yeah, season one when right Tyrion. For the battle. Yeah, 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 and Shay um, play that same drinking game. You're and right. then in, I believe it's season six, uh, Tyrion attempts to play that game with Missandei and Grey Worm. Yeah. And it, it doesn't it, work. It goes, it goes <laughs> yeah. nowhere. But, Horribly bad. I uh, feel like that drinking game never ends well. He always no. manages to piss somebody yeah, off. Truth or, <laughs> truth or drink never goes well. It's yeah. kind of like when you hear a single instrument playing the music yeah. something bad is going to happen yeah. and and in, in this time in this instance the the drinking game ultimately leads to to me which um was just massive massive fan service like it should have been there should have been flashing mm-hmm. neon lights above saying are you happy now are you happy now because we get jamie and brianne actually consummating their relationship yeah <sighs> And, I didn't want this. I didn't need this. Uh, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I was I, annoyed by it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I had said when uh, we discussed the knighting scene, Jamie knighting her. Right. I I had said I feel like this was the the consummation of their relationship. I remember, and perfect. I agree. Yeah. It you know, was the I, perfect it, representation of the love those two characters have right. for each other. We didn't need them to bump uglies while they're drunk yeah. one night. No. And yeah. it's a drunk hookup. Like, or that's yeah. how I saw it initially. That's and how then, I did too. You know, obviously we'll get into later in the show, but I just feel like that that should have probably been a one and done and, okay, yeah. that's your fan service yeah. type thing. It was unnecessary fan service. And what did I say in the hallway earlier? It was, you know, she, she handed her V-card to a one-handed sister banger. <laughs> Nice choice. Excellent decision making. I I get it. Damn you, alcohol. Damn you. I get why she loves Jamie. He says as he takes another sip. And 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 I also don't. Even though Brienne was was drinking, it to me did not feel like Brienne was drunk. No, 
in that scene. No, Jamie, she, made, she made a conscious decision. Jamie was drunk in mm-hmm. that scene. Um, and and she has, I, I think she has long respected and loved Jamie. So I get why she makes that choice. Um, but it, it, my issue with it was more, it just, it just felt like such blatant fan service. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, on the heels of Arya Gendry. Yeah, um, it, it didn't fit their characters. Yeah, it, it it really didn't. I, I, I it, it really it didn't. And you had and right be, right before that you had Gendry yeah, proposing speaking, to Arya. Speaking of recently requited you know, love. <laughs> um, now I am glad that uh, that Arya did stay true to her character and rejected and that. rejected the and with with again another callback to season one. Her yes. response: That's not me. Which is exactly what she told Ned Stark in season one when Ned said, someday you will you'll marry a lord and you'll you'll be a lady and you'll be a mom and all that. She said, no, that's not me. That's not me. I I did like the the added touch, though, that Arya gave him a a very nice, very sweet kiss after all of this, after she rejected him, Mm -hmm. as if to say, it's not you, it's me. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, you know, I wish it was different, but it's not. This is who I am. And, and I also love the way that Gendry said, I don't know how to be the lord of anything. I can barely figure out how to use a fork. <laughs> so please be my lady. <laughs> it storms in. Well, as soon as Arya leads with, uh, I'm flattered. Any woman would be lucky. Any, any lady would be happy to have you yeah. or lucky to have you, but I'm not a lady. Yeah. You know, any, but any time that somebody starts a, a response with, you know, anyone else would be lucky to, you know, yeah. <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah. You're a sweet guy. Any but. girl would be would be lucky to to be with you. You're you're a beautiful girl. Any any guy would be yeah. crazy to say no. I'm crazy though, and I'm gonna say no. Yeah, so basically they're just friends with benefits now. So yes. let's practice our archery. Okay? Yeah. 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 Um I thought uh, I thought that that was the right decision to make with her, and I thought it was actually some of the best writing in the episode. It was yeah. very well done. And it was exactly yeah, perfect. Right. Oh yeah, oh, there's yeah. Still anything left in that bottle. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then, and that kind of uh, kind of wrapped up the the big drinking portion of the evening, uh, and, mm-hmm. and there yeah. was a lot of drinking, as <laughs> as we mentioned, and a lot of hookups or attempted hookups because the next one is Danny visiting John. Yeah, and I, we and we finally get the big talk. Yes, and this was great. Uh, Danny walks in. Are you drunk? And he says nothing at first. Then he starts to get up, and he says, "No,", no. but struggles to get <laughs> yeah. up. But he could, couldn't exactly <laughs> stand something. <laughs> um, they talk about the end of Sir Jorah, and Danny declares her love for her nephew. Uh, basically, uh, right. and he pulls away at the last moment and tells him that he, that she wishes, or rather, she tells him that uh, she wishes he'd never told her mm-hmm. what was going on if he'd have just kept it to himself. Uh, she tells him how hard it was to see the dining hall rally around him, so it was nice that she was able to admit that to him, which was yeah. mm-hmm. which was good. Um, John says that he doesn't want the throne. Danny makes her play because that's her main motivation in this in this universe. I must rule. I must rule. Right. I must rule. And she basically says, look, don't let anyone else find out who you really are. Yeah, she she literally begs him. She says, yeah. I, I've never begged you for anything before. I'm begging you, you for do this. not yeah. tell anyone. He insists that Arya and Sansa deserve to know his true parentage. Danny argues that if that happens, Sansa obviously will want her out of the way and yeah. seek to see him installed on the Iron Throne instead of her. Yeah, and... Yeah. and it, 
once again, even though he's not his actual father, so much Ned Stark in John. He Very really true. is. I think I think that's probably a good mix. We don't really know a whole lot about his mom, but I find that as his character's written, he's a really good mix of Lyanna Stark, and I, I could imagine that she would be very loyal as well, mm-hmm. which is probably why she had Rhaegar get the annulment and that whole ordeal, mm-hmm. um, you know, in order to marry him and then also fa- uh, have him be the father of her child. So he probably gets his like his class and the way that he can work the room from his father, but he also probably gets his loyalty from his mother, which makes him a, just a really good mix of a character. Yeah, I see him as if the. Um if the oldest Stark brother who died at River, I'm trying to think of the name. The, Rob. Rob, thank you. Um, if Rob was the perfect personification of the fighting qualities of Ned Stark, mm-hmm. John is that plus everything else that made Ned who he was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, this has this has long been, particularly for the Stark men, their downfall mm-hmm. is their nobility. Yes, uh, you know this. This is what did in Ned in season one. Because, nice guys huh? finish last. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, without heads. Because yeah, yeah Ned <laughs> p- felt that he had to give Cersei a heads up for the safety of her children, mm-hmm. because Robert Baratheon would have killed her children right. if he found out they were not really his. So he stupidly to what ended up leading to his own demise. Mm-hmm told Cersei his exact plan. Hey, I know that your kids are not Roberts. They're bastards. And I'm going to tell Robert, mm-hmm. so yeah. you better get out. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that didn't work out so well. No, not so much. Rob, Rob Stark uh, doesn't... Now, this is the, the interesting, the slight twist. He doesn't live up to his his oath... He's not loyal at all. To, he doesn't keep to his marry word. a Frager. Yeah, true. You know, however, he does not keep it secret he brings her to, to the wedding to oh. the to the phrase um he feels the need to execute the head of house Karstark um because he uh, yeah. he, uh um, he killed one of the lannister killed boys, one right? of the lannister boys that they had kept so so he felt an honor to execute uh, the head of yeah. the Karstark house and then all the Karstark's troops left him. Half of the northern troops left him. I, yeah. you know, so he so he was adhering to this idea of nobility and loyalty that ultimately got him killed as well. Mm-hmm. And and it it's already happened once to John. Yes. And and you know now we're here in another situation where Danny is not wrong when she no. when she lays out what is likely going to happen if he tells anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, but Arya and Sansa have a right to know. Yeah. And they won't tell anyone. <laughs> so he tells them. <laughs> and then what happens? Well, one can keep her word. The other one. <laughs> I yeah. Don't, I don't but it's, so. it's pretty obvious right from the get go that one of them, at least one of them is going to spill it as soon as possible. Uh, the next morning, everyone has their Bloody Marys, and we begin strategy. And I, let me just say, I was never good at the game of Stratego. If you guys remember that game, one, mm-hmm. maybe I'm the oldest one in the room, and I'm the only one that remembers playing no, Stratego. Yeah, I remember Stratego. 
Also would, risk. <laughs> yeah, I was never very good at Stratego. I could play risk pretty well, but strategy always kind of evaded me. I could still come up with something better than what they whip up at that table. Well, so the uh, so the interesting thing you have the the remaining again the surviving characters, the surviving uh, right. uh, good guys, as we're saying, back at that map, and they're literally clearing the map of everybody that they've lost, and you can see it's <laughs> they don't have much forces left. And Sansa, again, uh, in my opinion, brings up a very good point. Mm-hmm. We just fought this war. We're decimated. We're, our, our troops are exhausted. Um, one of your dragons is is hurt and recovering. They were both wounded in the battle. Right. Yeah. But, but one, Rhaegal. hole in the wings, right? Uh, Rhaegal's really Rhaegal, jacked up. Yeah, yeah, Rhaegal more so than Drogon. Drogon didn't really, he didn't take that no. much, that much, uh, that many hits. Um, After and, he shook off the dead that were climbing on him, right? And <laughs> Danny takes that as an insult. She takes that <laughs> as a sign of of her being a traitor. And John says, "We will honor. We will honor our loyalty, our pledge to to our queen. Whatever you whatever you need, we will we will follow you up." And uh, Sansa and Arya were not real pleased with that. No, and <laughs> we need to have a word with you. <laughs> there was, uh, and it was, it, it was funny because it, uh, you could tell that Arya looked a little bit torn about it. On the one hand, she she appreciated the importance of honoring the the bargain, right? But, but on the other hand, she also sees Sansa's side of it. We ain't ready right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we we are still licking our wounds. We're still trying to rebuild. We're uh, I mean, the first thing they did at that table was wipe half the half of Grey Worm's troops off. Yeah. The Northmen got wiped off because they're all heading back up north. Mm-hmm. Um, they are absolutely not ready, but Danny still wants to charge ahead full force anyway. And you know, now's the time. Let's get this over with. What did she say? We have won the Great War. Now we will win the last war. Yeah. And she says the people of the Seven Kingdoms will live in peace under their rightful queen. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's like you know, business as usual in Danny's head right now despite everything that's gone on and the whole situation with her nephew and everything else yeah so i think she's just gotten a little more like since coming into westeros she's just gotten more intolerant and you can kind of tell that that growing like the mad queen is something that is kind of growing inside of her because all she can think about she doesn't think about the people she doesn't think about anything other than getting on that Iron Throne and well, how she's going to do it. And and as you know, she pointed out in her conversation with John, um, it, you know, it, when she said they they looked at you at a way that people used to look at me, but I but have never looked at me here in the North, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so so she already has felt isolated to a certain degree. And now Jorah's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't have a whole lot of confidence in Tyrion or Varys. And she's about to lose Miss Andy. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so so she's, you know, the Dothrakis are gone, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The majority of the Unsullied are gone, basically. Um, now, again, this is entirely Daenerys and Jon's fault for their terrible, terrible <laughs> military strategy and planning. Right. You know, but she is... <clears throat> she is increasingly feeling isolated. And it's about to get worse because, and you can't really tell because it's a podcast, but I am currently holding the bottle of Hand of the Queen because Tyrion does something that I thought was very interesting. He's slowly starting to return to the wise imp, if yeah. you will, in this episode mm-hmm. that we all knew and loved. He steps up and says that he wants Danny to back off a bit. 
to avoid a big bloodbath at King's Landing rather right. than being the sycophantic puppy dog that he's been for a while now when it comes to her. Right. Um, Danny eventually agrees to attempt to let cooler heads prevail before she makes the attack. It has become obvious, in my opinion, at this point that Tyrion is very much in love with Danny, which explains the very end of season seven. Uh, I see. I'm not. I'm not. I think he is convinced on that yet. And I, I think, think that's what's clouding his judgment, and it makes him defend her even in the moments where she's not defendable. I, I, yeah. I mean, I. I I think that is a possibility. Um, now, he has, to his credit, he has attempted to talk her down in the past. True. Mm-hmm. Of, a, you know, that that has long been his, his you know. Which uh, is what you need in your hand. Yeah. yeah. His um, rallying cry, so to speak, is you can't go to King's Landing and just burn it all to the ground and then expect the people to love you. Right. They're not going to welcome you as, uh, you know, as a, a conquering hero if... If you, you killed their, their sister and their neighbor. Uh, right, right. Yeah, so he, with dragon fire. Yeah, so he has, uh, you know, th- th- that's pretty consistent for him uh, to, to say, mm, this is not what we want to do this is not the way to go the difference is she's pushing back stronger and stronger against it now well i was just going to say too that i don't i don't think she ever listens to him like she does for a little bit but think about marine with the slavers she ultimately does what she wants to do she burnt that entire fleet of all the slaver ships and stuff in in marine and even though he said no we're going to do it we're going to wait seven years we're going to give him time to get rid of slavery she was like no we're done and i'm just going to burn them all because well, they don't and, listen to me. Yeah. And granted, Tyrion's plans uh, in were a little off. to yeah. Danny have yeah. mostly been terrible. Yeah, he, he's uh, also know. another one I can take down at Stratego. Uh, yeah, I at mean, this he, point. he has. Uh, I mean, that was that was a bad idea. That seven year plan. You know, the the um, the, the plan to go north of the wall to to. Uh, steal a white to mm-hmm. bring it to Cersei was a really bad plan. It's terrible. You know, his plan of of splitting up the armies to take Casterly Rock was a really bad plan. So he The last really good plan he had was the uh the, the green fire that they used in the war. But yeah. The, the, yeah, the Battle of Blackwater. Yeah, the Battle yeah. of Blackwater. Yeah, which is way back in season two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he, I mean, he has, again, particularly, particularly since he uh, hooked up with Danny, um, he has not had some. <laughs> Some no. of his his best moments. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to because again, he's always been my favorite character on the show. I'm looking forward to seeing how they resolve his character one way or the other. Yeah, um, in these next couple of episodes because it's interesting they've allowed him to evolve. He's nothing now like he was when we first met him in right. season one. Right, and I, I can't wait to see where he ends up. Yeah. So you had uh, so then you had um, as as we said Arya and Sansa say we need a word yeah Stark family huddle yeah and so over at the big tree yep so you have the four of them Bran Sansa Arya John all at the tree and they're all uh, Sansa and Arya Branch is sitting back quiet being creepy as usual as usual yeah Sansa and Arya are, are basically you know telling him Danny's bad news we don't trust her we don't believe in her this isn't going to go well. And you know, they say you're your family, you're a Stark, and he's you know, John's kind of getting this look like uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. looks over at Bran and Bran says, It's your choice, your call. Yeah. And he says, Well, 
I need to tell you something. And then he has Bran do it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. But still, it's, it's yeah, and again, we, going back to it, it was pretty obvious from the very start that one of them, sounds like, was going to say something as quickly as she possibly could. Right. So yeah. he, he makes them both swear to secrecy before they, they drop this, uh, this knowledge on them. And, of course... That doesn't last. Yeah. <laughs> like the immediate next scene, she tells Tyrion. And yeah. I saw a meme too that had something like, "No wonder Ned never told Catelyn about John's true like hair." I mean, because he could have easily said, "Hey, it's just between us. Like this is right. my this is not my bastard child. I'm just playing it like that." But you know, Catelyn in trouble too could have probably spilled well, it. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a, that was the funny thing for me is like Ned Stark literally. Took that secret to his grave. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the risk of alienating his own wife mm-hmm. and family. I mean, mm-hmm. he I I'm sure we saw we saw moments of it during the series, but I'm sure there were countless fights between him and Catelyn over the years about what she thought was him cheating on her yeah. while he was away at war. It the was most... actually him raising his nephew. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And and still, he never even told his own wife. His damn kids <laughs> can't keep a secret for five minutes. Five minutes. D- Danny begs John, his uh, you know what yeah. stepson, adopted son, whatever, whatever, whatever we want to call him, <laughs> to not tell anyone. John says, "Well, no, I got to tell. I got to tell these two, but they'll keep it quiet." Yeah. John makes Sansa and Arya swear to secrecy. Sansa's like, yes, absolutely. She walks. She walks away immediately. Sees, sees Tyrion. Her and uh, Tyrion start talking. She's like, "Hey, um, so you know what? What if maybe there's somebody better? I, I you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, got I, some, I got some some knowledge here that you might be interested in." So then we get a scene that to me was completely and utterly pointless and useless, and just a just a quick invest, investment from the Department of Foreshadowing. When Sir Bronn shows up with the infamous Lannister crossbow mm-hmm. yeah. and tells the Lannister brothers that he was sent up north to kill them with it in return for River Run, um, Tyrion counters with Highgarden, bringing back the deal that they had before that whatever right. Cersei offers you will offer you twice. Yeah. Well, if any if anybody ever offers you money to kill me, right. talk to me first, I will double it. So I'll make you Lord of the Reach if you uh, sit on our side instead. So Bronn is now set up to be a lord no matter who wins this war as long as he doesn't die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he deci- he declines, by the way, to join the Army of the North, um, which is a wise move on his part. But the scene served absolutely no purpose. It did nothing to motivate the story. And while we're at it, how the hell did he know that they were at Winterfell and get up there so quickly? Well, well I he, was thinking that too. He knew they were at Winterfell because, be, well, because that's why he was sent up north. I mean, because Jamie, Jamie walked out on Cersei saying, "I'm going to join the the living. Oh, okay. I'm going to join them in the fight against that's the dead." Right. And it's been widely known. You know, Tyrion's been in Daenerys' service for for years now. How he got up there so quickly, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe he found uh, the teleportation device that I, everybody's been using the last few seasons. Right. Arya's got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She'll Gen- be down in King's Landing before we know it. Gendry, yeah. she's you know. there now. Yeah, um, right. maybe he was on Gendry's back, and Gendry <laughs> ran him up there. Um, I don't know how he snuck into the castle uh, with a crossbow, completely undetected. <laughs> um, I do, but to me that that scene did did serve a purpose um, because it did answer the question of 
where does bronze loyalties lie? Money. And, right. And, and they lie with Braun. Yeah. Now we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, which which we, we suspected, but now we know for right. sure. But I, mean, I I don't I don't know. I thought his character was more on the side of Tyrion's. Like I thought always, like they developed kind of like a brotherly love for each other because he was kind of Tyrion's protector, and he as was, he did with Jamie. Right. And that's that's but, true. But again, both of the Lannisters, both Jamie and Tyrion, were always paying him. Yeah, also uh, you know, true. And yeah. which which Bronn has pointed out in the past, mm-hmm. he and saved he saved Jamie from the dragon. Yeah, uh, and he said nobody gets to kill you until I get paid first. Yeah, you know. So um, <laughs> and and that scene did uh, did include one of my um, one of my favorite lines where he uh, he says to after he punches Tyrion in the nose <laughs> and Tyrion says you broke my nose he says he says no I've broken a lot of noses over the years I know what it sounds like yeah and, that was a good line and then uh, Tyrion says may, may I speak and he says. Fine, you might as well, because clearly only death is going to shut you up. <laughs> <laughs> a little foreshadowing again. That's pretty good. And, okay, but we go from one of my least favorite scenes to the other candidate for me for favorite scene of the whole episode, and that's Arya joining the Hound on the road south. Back yes. in the saddle again. Yes. Yeah, for a little... Uh, Our favorite buddy picture is back. <laughs> a little... Um, I, I wrote down a, a little trot and talk. A little trot and talk. Yeah. As, as they're both on their horses. Kind of an Aaron Sorkin moment. Yes. <laughs> and discussing, uh, you know, each, each, uh, each of them has unfinished business in King's Landing. Yep. And that's exactly it. Because she asks, going to King's Landing, and he says he has some unfinished business. And he doesn't plan on coming back. That's what I found most interesting. Is the Clegane fact that gold, baby. he doesn't plan on coming back, but also she doesn't plan Neither on coming does back. So also why doesn't true. she plan on coming back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was a, a kind of a surprising admission as well. You know, when when she said, "Neither do I." So a yeah, lot to we, chew on in that. We know Clegane Bowl is, is happen. happening. We know that's his unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Um, Arya's would have to yeah, be Cersei. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's the safe assumption there as well. So she either has to die or she's going to set sail for Bravos and just never come back. Right. Uh, yeah, I I'd don't know. It's, that too. <clears throat> yeah. it, it, is a, it is kind of a, a weird thing, though, after so much of her, you know, Getting back to her family mm-hmm. and and rejecting the faceless men and rejecting the I am no one. Yeah. By saying I am Arya Stark of Winterfell. And now now she's leaving again with no no plans to come back. So um I would love to see some great details about this road trip that the two of them are on. I would love to mm-hmm. see them on the road together because it's always fun when these two yeah. travel together, even when it's rough. There's such um, a begrudging respect yeah. between but the two of them. Especially now that she's not really the kid anymore. She's a fierce warrior, just like he is. However, I suspect, knowing this show, the way it's going, we have seen every moment of that road trip we're yeah. going to see now. <laughs> yeah, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be in King's Landing at the start of next episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the teleporters. After yeah. that, uh, you had um, John saying goodbye to basically all of his allies, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, I, I found interesting as well. Tormund and the Free Folk mm-hmm. are, are heading back north. Um, you know, he's, he's slowly, one by one, losing all of his backers. And as Sansa had pointed out in her earlier conversation with Tyrion, uh, things do not go well for Stark men when they go south. Yeah. True. You know, so here so here's John. So Tyrion points out John's not actually a Stark. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> right. 
So now you have uh, John heading south without his allies, including Ghost, right. his dire wolf. He ghosted wolf. Ghost. <laughs> he did. Like, like really? He, no no pet? Yeah, no, no hug? No nothing. scratch behind the ear? You're not a good, good boy? boy right. yeah, you are. And, and poor Ghost is just, just sitting there looking at him. Looking like, so dejected, his head oh. drops down. That's going to be yeah. a meme. I so swear the, to God. The, the fan service that I want to see is Ghost and Nymira rekindle like a relationship. And and that's that would be... Awesome. Up in the north somewhere. End I don't of know. season. Start a family. End of episode six. Credits. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you got a dragon now, so uh, you got no use for me. Well, guess what, jackass? Yeah. You ain't going to have a dragon much longer. Not much longer. Save, save a little bit in the budget from you know the puncture to the neck that that dragon took. Oh, man. And just go over and let John rub his head, yeah. head you know, a little bit. That was, that was, it was such a heartbreaking thing. I'm like... <laughs> Seriously? You don't give him one last little hug, one last little pet? Just hands him how over many, to Tormund. How many damn times has this wolf saved your life? Yeah. Um, but uh, Tormund says uh, that he's going north, and John asks him to take ghosts with him, saying that there's no place in the south for a dire wolf. Honestly, I'm kind of glad that Tormund's going, because honestly, he's the sort of character that would be killed off pretty early during the big siege on King's Landing, knowing these writers. Uh, and I, I much maybe. rather like the idea of Tormund surviving this. I don't know. I mean, I mean, every major character on the front lines of the Battle of Winterfell survived, other than uh, right, that's true. Uh, other than Jorah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, but John also says goodbye to Sam and Gilly, and discovers that the two of them are expecting, and yeah. um, one of the candidates for line of the night. The nights were cold, and there wasn't much to do. <laughs> and, and Gilly says, "I think he knows how it works." Yeah, <laughs> it's like you dog you. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, and, and then you have uh, Tyrion. Telling Varys the secret, um, uh, Tyrion says that there are now eight people that know John's true parentage. So that would be himself, Varys, Danny, Sansa, Arya, Sam, Gilly, and Bran. And Varys says uh, that many people, it's not a secret anymore. It's information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a good point. And now we get to what I think was my favorite line of the whole night. Tyrion says, oh, maybe Cersei will win and kill us all. That would solve all of our problems. <laughs> and as it, when it happened, I chuckled that would actually wrap everything up nice and neat for yeah. the series. <laughs> well, cause, yeah, because uh, Tyrion had said, um, I don't know, I, I don't think it was in that scene, but earlier when him and Varys were talking, he said, well, we beat them. Now we just have us to contend with. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that's and that's where we're at now is is now all this all this infighting and and the different allegiances so now we fast forward we skip ahead to danny and the two dragons uh, accompanying the fleet mm-hmm. yeah we had uh we, we lose another dragon out of no dragon down yeah and it's it's a complete surprise because Rhaegal is uh not carrying john because john is marching with the others and uh there you go which that was a that was a convenient thing too when uh, when Tormon said, uh, "Oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna ride your dragon down to King's Landing? No, I'm gonna take the horse. The dragon's still recovering." Yeah, as soon as he said that, known. you're like, mm, "Okay." <laughs> but uh, Danny and the two dragons are attacked by Euron and the annoying ass Greyjoy fleet. Um, all of their ships are now equipped with the. Big, huge dragon-killing spear guns—the uh, so-called scorpions that Cersei's hand, um, what's his name, Kyber, 
Quiburn. Quiburn uh, has finally perfected, Quiburn. apparently. And out of nowhere on their first volley, they, they get Regal. And Regal gets shot a lot yeah, th- I, yeah, I think before three. he drops in the sea. I think they got three uh, massive crossbows in him. Yeah, he dies hard when he drops into the water. Um, so now we're down to one dragon, and Tyrion is... Nearly killed when they fire on the invading fleet after Danny flies off. Although yeah, at they, first she's charging the boats. They decimate. Uh, they decimate the what little fleet they had. Right, the Targaryen mm-hmm. fleet. Now they did mention earlier in the episode. They did say that Yara has completely reclaimed the Iron Islands. Right, and mm-hmm. so the so Yara's Greyjoy fleet is pledging. Uh, you know yeah. their assistance to Danny, and they did say that uh, the Dornish fleet or the Dornish army right. has has pledged their allegiance to Danny as well. And so Yara, oh, they did okay. Yeah, yeah they, Yara, they mentioned that in the in the map clearing scene when right. they when they were oh okay. So, so Yara's fleet only needs to get from the Iron Islands to King's Landing, which is all the way around the continent on the other side. So it should take five ten minutes. <laughs> the way time seems to be going lately for people that need to like travel Peter past Pan. differences. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought it was very interesting, and for a moment, I thought they were. This was the end of Tyrion. I was. I mean, Tyrion was nearly killed a couple of times yeah. on that boat. Yeah. Um, the uh, the ships took basically the same pounding Rhaegal did. Yeah. I mean, it was brutal to watch. Many hands were lost, and then later we we see the beach scene where the survivors are washing up. Grey Worm is hunting in vain for uh, Missandei. There's no sign of her. And um, everybody's just sufficiently freaked out as they should be yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and then we find out that uh, Miss Andy has been taken captive by uh, Cersei. Right. And Euron. Um, Danny inches, again, just closer and closer and closer to the Mad King territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, they, they are trying to uh, uh, Tyrion and Varys are trying to talk her down from just going in and burning what uh, King's Landing to the ground. Yeah, they can. She she goes along with it basically as a PR stunt. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, she says, "Okay, yeah, we will we will try and negotiate terms with Cersei so the people know." Who to blame when I kill them all? Right, right. You know, yeah. which is yeah. <laughs> that's that's smart thinking. <laughs> yeah. And while we're in Mad Queen territory at this point in the show, Cersei is insinuating to Euron Greyjoy, who needs to die in a horrible, entertaining <laughs> way next <laughs> week, that she's pregnant with his kid, which right. cements his loyalty. It was much the same move that Danny did with uh, with Gendry, but didn't have to sleep with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been saying for a while now that this pregnancy is fake, and this just raises the possibility to me again that it is, uh, because I'm pretty sure she lied about it to try and secure the loyalty of Jamie the same way. Mm. Now she's doing the same thing with Euron. I don't think there's a baby in there. I just don't. I I don't know. I, I wonder if if there is, and then that, I mean, who knows? I I don't think we'll have enough time, but if the baby no, was ever born, time, really know. and I came out with blonde hair, then of course, you know, Euron yeah. would be like, yeah. That would be his churning. Yeah. Right. yeah. So maybe we'll have time jumps. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I mean, they, they get them when they travel. So yeah. anything's possible. <laughs> uh, Varys is trying to reason with Danny at this point, too, joining into that yeah, conversation. The, which and, and, and so then after that, um, we get into what was my favorite scene. Because, um, again, she, she goes, says, okay, fine. We'll, 
you know, we'll 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 try and negotiate terms right. of surrender. I'm here to rid the world of tyrants yeah. by becoming one of the by, worst ones by ever. Acting like a tyrant, yeah. yeah. And which Varys points out then in the next scene, Varys and, and Tyrion are by themselves. He says, I've dealt with a lot of tyrants over the years. They mm-hmm. all talk about destiny. And Tyrion, you know, makes kind of a weak defense of her. Yeah, damn. You know, it's it's not a And the spider ain't having it. No. It's not a full-throated, yeah. uh, you know, this is why she's so great type of defense. You know, Tyrion, he 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 hears what Varys is saying, and he yeah. doesn't yeah. disagree with a lot of it. And he, he respects his counsel more than almost anyone's. Well, and you had mentioned earlier, too, about Tyrion being in love with Danny, And, right. I mean, I think that that just kind of shows that he might be in love with her yeah. because he's, even though he knows, you know, that she's kind of, Go, getting a little crazier and really not the true heir to the throne like she says she is now that he knows John's story. I still feel like he might be blinded by the whole love um, yeah. thing that he has for her. But by the end of the conversation with Varys, it seems that Tyrion is really giving this some thought and like he's starting to really try to consider from a different perspective just exactly whose star he has hitched his wagon on. Mm-hmm. And it, it certainly seems like Varys has made his choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and that choice is seems John. right. And, and which by making that choice means an attempted assassination yeah. of Daenerys. Um, now, the you know, the one of the interesting things in that conversation um, is Varys saying, you know, my loyalties are the same. They've always been the same. My loyalty mm-hmm. is to the realm. And and he talks about how uh, you know all of this these these big things that we see, these fights over the throne and everything, how much it affects the little people, the unnamed faceless characters that live in King's Landing and live in Westeros and right. you know and it made me think so it, it, at the end of all this is Varys the is he the true hero? Of all of this, he you know, be. you know, he's the, he's the one guy that's truly seeming to fight, quote unquote, fight for the little guy. And he's the guy who's who has the entire time displayed the wisdom of Solomon. I mean, he has yeah. been the one rock through this whole thing, both with smart decisions and purity of soul. And I mean, everything he does, you're right. He's on the side of the angels. Yeah. And he looks out for his little birds, you yeah. know. Yeah. All, uh, I, I guess you know he he has said it from the beginning. He said it in season one when he was trying to you know help Ned through that whole ordeal down in the crypts. But I I would say yeah. I mean he, we've seen his loyalties change, but they've had to change because he well, sees his, better options. His allegiance, his allegiance, I should has say, changed. Right. Yeah. yeah. His loyalty, as he has pointed out, his loyalty has always been to the realm. Right. And to, to, the the greater, good. to the greater good. That's a good, yeah. good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, now we head back up to Winterfell. And it seems that the relationship between Jamie and Brienne has had more than just one drunken night mm-hmm. and more than a passing fancy, at least to her. Because now, as Jamie's getting ready to head back south, she is begging him to stay with her rather than go back. Yeah, so, this, is, this is right after the news of the Euron Greyjoy right. ambush reaches Winterfell. And Jamie admits all of the horrible misdeeds that he's done in his life mm-hmm. in, you know, out of love for Cersei in the past to prove to Brienne that he's not the guy she thinks he is and he's not worthy of her affection. And he, then he asks, and then he adds at the end very coldly, 
that he's going back to her. Well, so, but here's the thing. He doesn't explicitly say, I'm going back to be with Cersei. No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. His, his, his parting remark is, she is hateful and so am I. Yeah. Mm. To, Which is very telling. Well, my question is, who is he hating? Does he hate Cersei? Does he hate himself? I think it's does a little he, of both. Does he hate? Does he hate the you know the realm, the people, so to speak? Yeah. You know that to me was I I, I don't I I don't think, and I'm hoping I may be giving the writers and the showrunners a little too much credit <laughs> at this point, but I don't think that that may be as cut and dry as we're led to believe. Yeah, it's it's left open as to whether or not he's going back down south to stand with Cersei or to stab Cersei. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I took it as he he's like, well, just lump me in with all the bad people. Like, I'm not a good person, and we need, we bad people need to stick together no matter what. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't I don't know I don't I don't know if this is going to be the the prophecy you know that was foretold in the book. But I, I took it as he's got to go down there and protect her somehow. Yeah, one way or the other, even if it's to protect her from herself. Right. Yeah. I did not. I I. Did not like um, them reducing Brienne to tears. No, and he, well, he and he he broke her heart, which has never yeah, been in a position to be heart. broken before. Yeah, it, um, yeah, it, it seemed without reason. I agree yeah. with you. It was very mean spirited of the the writing team to do what they did, they especially with a character to. who's been a, a noble warrior this right. whole time since the moment we met her. Yeah, she's, she's been fine. a badass. She's fine if she's asexual or lesbian or you yeah, know straight. Like, I didn't care. I didn't. I did, that's why I think I didn't need that relationship, right, for yeah. the show to work. Yeah. So our final scene. Then uh, we get down to back King's, to King's Landing. King's Landing, and we have Danny, Tyrion, and Grey Worm in front of I don't know what looked like maybe two dozen Unsullied. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did. It, did. it was a couple not, of decent soccer teams worth of Unsullied. Yeah. Um, the dragon chilling in the background. Right, yeah, and, and, and Drogon back there. Um, boy, I hope that's not all the Unsullied that's left. Right. You know? um, King's Landing is ringed with the anti-dragon crossbows, the scorpion yes. crossbows that we saw on Euron's yeah. fleet, the Kraken yeah. fleet. Yeah, the, um, the uh, anti-aircraft missiles. Yeah, so it looks like all that money wasn't spent on cell swords after all. They did a little bit of <laughs> did a little bit of infrastructure well, work. She, she got a she got a bit of a refund since there were no elephants. So, right, right there you go. Yeah, <laughs> she took that elephant money and, and invested put it in it crossbows, anti-dragon crossbows. <laughs> I don't get elephants, so I'll get scorpions instead. Um, and then we see uh, Misandi up at the top, mm-hmm. um, standing not far from both the mountain and Cersei, as uh, we have the meeting of the hands. Yeah. Kyburn comes out. Tyrion walks up. The two of them meet halfway. Yeah. And they basically, you know, Daenerys demands that Cersei surrenders. Well, Cersei demands that Daenerys surrenders. And look, you you want to surrender because I've got a dragon and fifteen really pissed off guys from over the from across the sea (laughs) standing behind me. And sure, you've got a city. As as Quiburn, you know, correctly points out, um, you know, you're you're down to one dragon. Mm -hmm. The remaining troops you have are exhausted and and worn out. Mm -hmm. What position are you in? To, to demand to make anything. demands. And I, I love that Tyrion at one point just gives up on the discussion and just walks past him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And starts to head up towards the castle to look way up and just make his appeal direct to his sister. 
And, you know, that was, again, a moment where you thought, okay, is this it for Tyrion? Is she... I thought for a second. You know, I mean, there's... They, they all... I think she thought for a second, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got the archers up there. She holds her hand up. Eh, long, dramatic pause. No. She brings the hand back uh, yeah. down. And, 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 but Tyrion's making one last appeal to Cersei's humanity, only to discover... That's a waste of time because it's laughable to think that her sister would a surrender to a depleted force of unsullied and a single dragon that she can take a dozen shots at simultaneously. Right. And b that there's enough in her right now to try to see anything resembling reason and realize that she's not the the answer for the seven kingdoms. And hopefully he's learned his lesson too. But hopefully this is the <laughs> well, last lesson because he's, he's if you think about it, left to figure it out. <laughs> he he went to her. They took the white down there to to beg her to come fight in this battle. And then since the the um after finding out that she wasn't going to come, you would have thought that hey, you're going to you're going to be able you're, th- like her not showing up for the Battle of Winterfell should have been a clear and present sign that she's not in it for anything other than right. ruling that throne. Right, she's in it for Cersei. However, smart play on her part. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, she didn't lose a single soldier nope. in the Battle of Winterfell. Nope, she no. sat it out and they took care of it for her. Yep. So mm-hmm. and now that that threat is is long gone. So so Cersei tells Masandi to say any last words if she has them. Well, and they, I do have to say, for a second, because it did look, you know, Cersei kind of, she was getting a little, little misty-eyed. Mm-hmm. She kind of turned away for, for a second. And so for, they had me for like half a second where I was like, really, is this how they're going to, is she going to, she going to step down? And then, yeah, so then she walks over, yeah. and Miss Andy grabs her by the arm and says, do you have any last words? <laughs> Yeah. That would be the time. My that. first thought at that point, too, was, you know what? If I'm a Sandy, I know I'm going to die yeah, right yeah. now. Lock onto that arm and jump. Take, oh. take the bitch oh, with me. Yeah. Take her with me. I'm going straight over the side anyway, one way or the other. Right. And I currently have the queen in my grasp if I just reach over and grab her. What's the mountain going to be? That would be great. First thought I had. Missed opportunity. Grab her and give her a rock bottom right off the, Could you imagine right off the top of the castle. Oh. The reaction at the bottom. The, the reaction from, from Danny and Grey Worm and Tim. Would have been amazing. Could you imagine the reaction on Twitter if that <laughs> Twitter would have broke? It would have just broken. It's kind of like seeing Joffrey die in the second right. episode of the fourth season. You know, oh, he's gone. But uh, I, I liked what uh, Masandi chose as her last words. It was one word, and it was Dracarys. Yeah, favorite line of the episode because it's as if she's telling Danny, you know, her last moment of wise counsel to to her queen her dragon queen, this war cannot be avoided and you need to burn the mad queen down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There's, there's no doubt she was, that's, that's what she was telling Danny to do. Yeah. She was, she was telling Danny, bring on the dragon fire. Yeah. And I you agree know, with you. That's which, my other favorite line of the episode, which Danny, you know, certainly um, by the look on her face, she turned around and went into full scowl mode. Yeah. Uh, certainly seems like, you know, like that's what, what she's about to do. Yep. And uh, speaking of things that are be memes, 
the the Danny Scowl that's yeah. going to be oh, all over yeah. the internet. Oh, I've already I've already seen. Uh, I want to sp- I want to speak to your manager. Oh, that's <laughs> <hilarious>. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Cersei looks back at the mountain, uh, who steps forward, and rather than pushing her, no, 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 let's be dramatic. Yeah. He whips out his sword and lops off her head, and she and the head go over the the side. Danny, as you say, walks away extremely pissed. Grey Worm is extremely pissed. Yep. The audience... Grey Worm's going to be killing a lot of people next yeah. episode. <laughs> the audience, you know, a little sad for Miss Sandy, but pretty much indifferent. <clears throat> she was one of the last characters of color left on the show. She kind of deserved better. Um, I would say she definitely deserved better. Yeah, yeah. but and, the... You know, uh, then to be literally put back in chains. It was, it was uh, the most pointless, important death that they could have done, is yeah. the way I looked mm-hmm. at it. Um, Danny and Grey Worm would have had their motivation without it, but you know, it was a little bit of extra pepper for the gumbo as it were. Um, it seems like we're getting more and more support for the idea that Danny is only a slightly better option than Cersei mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. this point. She's, mm-hmm. she's clearly losing it throughout this entire episode from being ticked off in Winterfell to being ticked off at the end of it at the gates of King's Landing. Um, seeing her friends decapitation is just going to make her personality even more toxic. Well, and losing and, and you know losing her second dragon and losing now, her second right? dragon. So she's only too happy to burn down the people that she wants to rule, as we were talking about earlier. It seems now that she's looking forward to the opportunity to be able to do it. I I wonder, and I may be I may be thinking too hard about this, um, but they have been pushing so hard and leaning so hard into the Daenerys is going to turn heel storyline this season mm-hmm. that to me, I think it's, I think she's going to get right up to the brink of it and then she's going to, you know, pull back basically and, uh, and, and end up and end up being, you know, being the hero that they have spent seven seasons up to this point, building her up to be, I mean, they, again, they've, they've yeah. given us hints and you know little moments here and there throughout um the entire series run but they are they are leaning so freaking hard now into crazy danny yeah danny's breaking bad that to me i i, I feel now like they're tipping their hand and it's yeah. and uh, and, and it's you know going to end up coming back around and it's go oh all right yeah. she's yeah. she's a hero after it's, all but Woo, it's but it's come to the point worried. but it's come to the point now where it's hard to want Danny to win the throne yeah not mm-hmm. that I'm wanting to change my pick again or anything I'm right. not but she's really done nothing to try and win the loyalty of her potential constituents yeah. with the exception of people like Gendry who are advantageous to have as allies yeah yeah because um, even the the Dothraki, I don't know if I mentioned it in the previous episodes. All she's ever done to win their loyalty and their allegiance is burn pyres. You know, yeah, like that's true. She, she lights everything up, and then all of a sudden they follow yeah. her. You know, she bought the or she didn't really buy the Unsullied. No, she she freed the Unsullied and 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 told and them, fight for me. You can fight for me if you want to. If you want to go, you can go. You're free now. But that's about the only group I think that has ever fought for her. Right? Am, or am I? She, uh, in Marine. Did, did, she had the second sons. She had, yeah. She she had the second sons. Yeah. That, okay. um, that she freed right towards the end of. of but that's season easy to forget. Three. It was a long damn. It time was a ago. long time ago. Yeah. So I'm trying to just put my my. Um, How many groups of slaves does she have to free, Zach, to to make you happy? (laughs) I know. (laughs) How 
many Lincolns does she have to be? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I'm thinking she just always gets her way because of that fire and the dragons, you know. She's not likable enough for you, yet, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I, um, I mean, it was it was an episode of Game of Thrones, so I was happy to watch it. Right, um, yep, but it was, it was an annoying episode to me that was just seeking to desperately get us interested in the political story again after dozens of episodes telling us that the political story is way less important Mm -hmm. than the invading army of the dead story that were wrapped up very quickly last week with a bunch of ice cubes on the floor yeah um uh and you know seeing that no longer be the most important thing in the world this was going to be a strip the gears kind of episode trying to get things moving back i have not given up hope that they can stick the landing, but it ain't going to be easy at this point. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was telling Zach earlier today, I'm seeing where you're coming from with that. Right. Um, it feels like they've kind of painted themselves into a corner with the writing. I saw um, I saw a meme on Twitter, and I retweeted <laughs> it, um, and, and it was a... It was a drawing of of a horse. Yes, and I saw like this the, one too. Like the, the back half of the horse was was very detailed and looked like it was. Oh yeah, I saw a professional <laughs> artist. Yeah, and it, it said seasons one through four, mm-hmm. and then the the front half of the horse was you know was like a four year old drawing of, of a horse. <laughs> it said, you know seasons five through eight. Yeah, and and I I look because that's exactly exactly the, the point I brought up last week. Is I said I you know I really wonder if going forward. That's going to be the the ultimate view of people is that the first four seasons when they were following George's writing were fantastic. As soon as they got away from his writing is is when things you know really went really downhill. Itself, yeah. And uh, you know I don't know. We got two episodes to go um, to see, but uh, that certainly seems to be where we're headed right now. Yep. Well, that uh, that's the end of the episode, which brings us to the scoreboard. And Misandi is the only person yes. who really died in this episode. I went back and checked the podcast again um, for our predictions from the preview episode, and I said she would die, and the two of you said that she would be alive at the oh, end of the series. Ah. So, so we, we are, are tied, tied once again. again. <laughs> you, uh, you recovered from your have, Jorah blunder. I have recovered from the Jorah <laughs> screw-up. So uh, heading into the big episode five battle, we are knotted, and um, we do have some differences of opinion on a lot of big characters, so... It could. It's anybody's game at this point. Right. So we'll see what happens. Literally, the game of Game of Thrones. Um, so let's uh, let's do a quick um, game of of, of Thrones uh, prediction check in. Then, um, Zach, you were uh, still as of uh, the end of last episode. You were yep. sticking with Sansa. I'm going to stick with Sansa again. You're still I, feeling confident. In I, that I feel confident because of. Um, the where Daenerys' character is going, and also the fact that she had that vision back—I cannot get that out of my head. Season mm-hmm. two, where she has the vision, and she gets right up to the throne. Yep, it's like a barren wasteland that's yep. burned to the ground. Maybe there's snow falling from, yeah. or maybe those are oh, ashes. It, it, yeah, it, it's now looking more likely like it's. And it, she it hears the calling out of her head from Caldrogo and her unborn son, and I just mm-hmm. feel like possibly that's foreshadowing her death. So I don't think she's going to end up on the throne. But you do th- you do still think it's going to be Sansa? I do still think it's going to be Sansa. And Tommy, you uh... I switched from Jon Snow to Danny, and I'm going to stand by that. But I'm going to add a little caveat to that. I think Danny will sit the throne very briefly. Mm. Oh, I think she's going to achieve what she has fought her whole life for, and then something's going to happen: wounds from battle, assassination, something right away. Um, maybe, uh, maybe Cersei's hand survives, 
And he comes out at the last moment while she's sitting the throne and rushes into the room and kills her. I don't know. Something. Something. Maybe he poisons the throne. I have no idea. <laughs> but I don't. Poison, I don't poison her butt. And yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's all blades. You never know. I I just I don't see Danny getting the chance to rule. I I see her winning, but somehow she's not going to sit the throne for long. Hmm. I could see that. And then yeah. it goes to John, yeah. who will probably say no to it. <laughs> so I'm I'm I'm. I'm gonna stick with my sticking with no one. I'm, no one. I'm sticking with no one. All right. Which and and by the way, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this out there now. Uh, if Arya ends up on the throne, you still that, that counts as a win for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree because no one, a queen is no one. <laughs> All right. So thanks again for listening. And uh, next Monday we're back with uh, our wrap up of uh, season five, the Battle for King's Landing. Yes. And uh, please subscribe, comment. Tell your friends. Yeah. Hit sure. us up on Twitter. Sure. Um, on social media. Brad, you're on Twitter as... Uh, Brad King 32 I think. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, Brad King 32 I'm, I'm at Hey Tommy, and you are... I'm a game changer, but changer spelled backwards. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. I'm always wondering what the hell I, that I, is. <laughs> figure out what uh, what the hell your Twitter I like handle it. was. Right. Um, and and uh, again, our, our uh, uh, beer this week was Hand of the Queen, a barley wine ale from the Game of Thrones Royal Reserve Collection. Uh, quite tasty. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you buy it and keep it in a cooler for a year, it's mm-hmm. still going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm much more of, you know, kind of a lager guy, so mm-hmm. I I think so far I've enjoyed some of the earlier ones that we had. The... Uh, yeah. Um, what was the blonde? The... Uh, the Cersei one. Okay, the blonde ale. The golden ale, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was good in the For the Throne. Um, I still I, I still have the um, Jon Snow one, which is the King of the North, and that's a, that's it's a, a stout. bourbon stout. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and okay. I'm a stout guy. I love yeah. the dark stuff. Well, so that, so that, that is uh, likely what we will be uh, uh, tasting the next week. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been We Drink and We Know Things. You're a talker. Listening to talkers makes me thirsty. This has been We Drink and We Know Things with three guys who are here to pester us about Westeros. It's produced by Tommy Lee and written by absolutely no one whatsoever. Music licensed by FirstCom. We Drink and We Know Things is part of the Federated Media Podcast Network. Winter is here. And so is their ride. Please drink responsibly. We Drink and We Know Things is a member of the Federated Media family of podcasts. Engineered in the studio by Brad King, produced by me, Tommy Lee, and lubricated with an appropriate beverage by Zach Miller. Mandy Balzer was the one who sounded really good at the beginning and the end. We'll be back next week after the next episode. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media. Federated Media.